0: So John's clothes were made of camel hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was uh, locust and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of Jordan, confessing their sins, and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. You know, back in the day, there were multiple baptisms. And, you know, today we get baptized and get baptized one time, but back in Jesus' day in John's day, you were baptized symbolically saying I'm following this person with this teaching. And so another teacher may come along past John the Baptist here and may come along and start teaching. Anybody wants to be baptized saying I'm following him. It was an act of obedience. It was an act of identification. I'm identifying with John. <coughs> and that's, that's why there were multiple baptisms back in the day. As a matter of fact, in Hebrews it says that there's a teaching about multiple baptisms. I'm not going to go into that this morning, but... Here we find people being baptized into John's teaching and they're saying, I'm repenting of my sins, but I'm also following your teaching. I'm identifying with what you're saying. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptized and he said to them, you brood of vipers. Now, you might not understand this, but that was not a nice term. (laughs) John was not being nice. We might have a little more colorful four-letter word in our vocabulary today, but to call someone a brood of vipers was a pretty big insult. I mean, they walked up to see what was going on, and he just jumped. He was a, obviously had some profit in him. <laughs> he saw they were a brood of vipers, you brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit and keep him with repentance. I do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. It's amazing. God can raise up children out of stones and he can raise up praise out of stones, right? Because he is the stone that the builders rejected, right? He's the cornerstone, right? Amen. He's a stone that makes men stumble because they refuse to believe in him. The axe is already at the root of the trees and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. John says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and boredom. Isn't that what it says? Fire. Oh, fire. Oh, I'm sorry. My, my bifocal's got in the way there. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. John the Baptist announced uh, the birth of Jesus. He announced the ministry of Jesus, and he was the forerunner of Jesus. Uh, In one sense, we are all John the Baptists. Right? We announce what Jesus is going to do. We announce what he's done, what he's going to do, what he is doing. So we have a similar trait within us. right? So we should be able to recognize a brood of vipers. We should be able to walk around in whatever we have, whether it's camel hair. We should be able to eat honey. We should be able to get by with the least of things. We should be minimalist for Jesus, if you will, because the gospel is the only thing that matters. It's not what we wear, what we drive. What phone we have with five, six, seven, eight, nine, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four? 22, 23, 24. None of that should matter. None of that should matter. What should matter is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? Amen. So this morning we sang a, a new song for you. Uh, maybe you'd heard it before, but it was the first time I'd heard it. And <clears throat> the bottom line, the last line of the song says that we need to lay our flames down our old flames down, to pick up the new fire of God. And when Wayne sent that out and I got it and I was reading through the words and looking at the chords and trying to figure out how I was going to play the song, when I got to the last line, it said, lay down your old flames and pick up the new fire of God, I just started crying. I just started crying. Such a powerful line for me. And I think it's a, it's a powerful line for all of us if we, if we let it sink in. And so the question that I have for you this morning, what old flames are you hanging on to when God is offering you fresh fire? John the Baptist says that Jesus will come and baptize us in the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, we know that doesn't mean literal fire. What it means is zeal, enthusiasm, excitement uh, for God and for his kingdom and for his glory. God is all about doing new things. We... We think God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and forever, and he is. The same yesterday, today, and forever, and he is. That's, that's true of God. But what's also true of God is he's always doing a new thing in your life. What he did for you 10 years ago, he's probably not going to do for you today because he wants to do something new in your life. There are a lot of scriptures that talk about the newness of God. Psalm 33, 3 says we're to sing a new song to the Lord. Psalm 40, verse 3 says he put a new song in my mouth. Ezekiel 36 verse 26 says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will remove the stony heart and the heart of flesh from you and give you one that lives and breathes and moves. Matthew 9:17, he says, The new wine goes in the new wineskins. We had that scripture read over us when we were rehearsing this morning. He gives new wine for new wineskins. 1 Corinthians 11:25, Jesus says, This cup that we drink is the new covenant. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things are passed away. The new things have now come in. Ephesians 4, 4 says, And put on the new self created in Christ Jesus to be like him. Revelation 21, 1 says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. In Revelation 21, 5 it says, The one seated on the throne says, I am making everything new. And making everything new. You know, I think we go through life hanging on to old flames. You know, I I can tell you a lot of things that God did in my life as a teenager when I first came to know Him, and at 14, and and then served in the church there that was so excited had 150 teenagers coming uh, to the worship service. It was, until children come, another hundred children come. It was just amazing to watch God at work. And I can tell you how we sang songs and how the people joined in with us singing. I can tell you how I went soul winning every Saturday for two or three hours in the afternoon, knocking on doors, cold calling for Jesus, right? I can tell you those stories. And I can think about those old flames. But you know, I desire the fire of God, the new fire of God today. We should all desire the new fire of God. When we wake up every morning, we should say, Father, thank you for the old flames of yesterday. I want the new fire today. Every morning, we should wake up asking for new fire. You may say, Jim, I had not felt the fire of God in 40 years. You know, that's all right. That's all right. God still baptizes us with Holy Spirit and fire. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He still wants to baptize us with fire. You may say, I gave up on God. You may say, I'm tired of the struggle. You, you may have all the excuses that Moses did and many others. And God says, that's okay, I'm listening. I'm listening, I hear your heart, I know. Hey, but I've got, I've got fire for you. Would you like to have new fire? And we simply ask for it. Father, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be filled with the new fire. Please come and fill me with the new fire. And watch what God does. He may say, well, Jim, I need you to lay down the old flame. Those old dreams that you had, those old visions that you had, I need you to lay those down. You know, I think as, um, as humans, we all have these flames that we had and we still continue to carry. And God is saying, that was a good thing then, Jim. That was good. Uh, but I've got something new for you. You see, here's the truth. Every flame that you carried... You ready for this? Every flame that you had used to be a fire. Every old flame that you're holding on to used to be the fire that God gave you then. It's okay to let go of it. He gave it to you then. Let go of it. He's given you a new fire. Receive it. Every old flame was a fire that has burned down. Right? It was a fire. It's just burned down to a flame now. And God says, That was beautiful. I've got a new fire for you. I've got a new fire. Will you receive the new fire? I think about Abraham, who had to lay down the old flame of his hometown in Ur of the Chaldeans. There he was, having a good time, enjoying life. He had all of his family, his kids and grandkids. Well, he didn't have kids and grandkids. But he had all of his neighbors with him, right? And he was enjoying his house and his camel, you know, and his well. Things were going well for him, right? (laughs) Right? Right? And God said, I need you to go from Ur of the Chaldeans to this place that's going to be called Israel one day at some point in time. I need you to leave all this behind. You see, the old flame, the old flame that Abraham had was to live in one house all of his life and enjoy his neighbors and then die. That was the old flame. But God said, no, I want to give you the fire of the promised land. I want to give you the fire of a promised land and the promise that you'll be the father of many nations and many people. I want to give you that fire. Abraham had to trade the old flame of living in one place at one time for the fire of being the father of many nations. Ruth, there was Ruth. She had her family and her home and her responsibilities. And God said, that's an old flame, Ruth. I want you to become the great-grandmother of King David. I want to give you a new fire. And Ruth had to leave her family. Ruth had to go with Naomi. Ruth had to be uh, what she became to be that we all love and enjoy. we we'll read that story. She had to lay down the old flame of her own country and go to another country and receive the fire of God. Jonah had to lay down the flame of prejudice. He didn't like the Ninevites. He didn't like him at all. He didn't like the way they looked. He didn't like the way they talked. He didn't like the way they smelled, right? He didn't like anything about the Ninevites. And when God said, I want to take you, you prejudiced rascal, and send you over to Nineveh to talk to people that you absolutely hate and would spit on if you had a chance and tell them about me. He had to lay down the flame of his prejudice against people and pick up the fire revival that God had put in his heart. He said, now go spread this revival to Nineveh. And you know the rest of the story. They heard the prophet speak and they repented, turned from their wicked ways. But he had to lay this down before God would give him this. Noah had to give up the flame of living a normal life for 120 years and build a boat. And nobody even knew what a boat was back in the day. A big giant ark. And people for 120 years made fun of him. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I mean, it's tough enough being in the middle school and high school and being made fun of for, you know, three, four, five years, right? That's, that's a hard life. You get to adulthood, you don't get made as fun of as much. Unless you're on Facebook, then it's open. It's open game, right? You're just going to get what you get. But for 120 years, he builds this boat, and people are making fun of him. It's not going to rain. It hasn't rained. It hasn't rained in 50 years. No, it hasn't rained in 75 years. No, you are crazy. He had to lay down the old flame. Uh, of a normal life to pick up the flame of being the salvation for mankind when the flood came. He had to pick up the fire that God gave him to save mankind. Elizabeth had to give up the flame of old age retirement. She had decided that she and her husband were going to retire. They're going to move to the beach and have a good time. And God says, I ah, know, surprise, surprise. And she birthed John the Baptist, the fire of John the Baptist, who was the forerunner of Jesus. Peter had to give up the flame of his inner cowardice. Peter was a coward, but he was very boastful. Boastful people are usually cowards. Do you know that? They boast. They drive big trucks with giant wheels, right? <laughs> Compensating for something. Right? He had to give up the flame of his inner cowardice to take on the fire that God gave him to plant the church. Upon this rock, Peter, I will build my church. The woman who touched Jesus had to give up the flame of believing that the doctors could heal her. The Bible says that she suffered much and spent all of her money at the hands of doctors, and none of them healed her. She had to give up the flame of thinking a man, a human, a doctor could heal her. She had to give up the flame of of embarrassment by crawling on her hands and knees to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. And when she did, he gave her the fire of perfect healing and called her daughter and introduced her to everybody. This is the daughter. This is the woman you've been shunning for 12 years. Here she is. Paul had to give up the flame of his desire to destroy the church and take on the fire of being the greatest missionary that's ever lived. Philip had to give up the flame of leading a revival in Jerusalem while he was preaching there. When God called him down to one road to talk to one man at one time who happened to be the treasurer for the country of Ethiopia and win him to Jesus, the fire that created a revival in Ethiopia that led thousands and thousands of people to Jesus. Martha had to give up the flame of caring for everybody to learn to sit at the feet of Jesus and to see the miracle of her brother Lazarus being raised back from the dead. You know, as individuals, we carry flames. And God says, I want to replace that with fire. But I think also couples and families carry flames, things that they hope and dream, you know, we hope and dream to live at the beach in retirement or live in the mountains in retirement, or move to Hawaii in retirement, wherever it is you want to retire from. Whatever it is you want to do, we had these dreams as families, as couples. This is what I want to do, and they're flames. A lot of them. And God says, "I've got a fire for you." I think about I think about Mary and Joseph, Mary and Joseph. There they were, 15, 16 years old, maybe seventeen. They were teenagers, and they fell madly in love somehow, some way, and everything was going great, and they were planning to have this most amazing. Wedding, because back in the day, Jewish weddings lasted a whole week, right? And there was a lot of festivity and dancing and singing, shouting and eating. It was just a joyful time. And I can just imagine as teenagers, they were talking about that. I can imagine Mary was planning what her white dress would look like. What her father would say walking her down the aisle. I can imagine Joseph had laid out plans in his mind to add a room onto his father's house because in my father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. That's what a young man did. He added a room onto his father's house and then he married and they moved into that room in his father's house. That's why that verse is in the Bible, in John. And I can imagine Mary and Joseph had all these plans. And so Joseph popped the question, will you marry me? And she said, of course I will. And there was a year-long engagement period that was standard practice. And then Mary was pregnant. Mary and Joseph, as a couple, as a family, had to give up a wedding with a white dress. They had to give up a week-long celebration where everybody was happy for them and everything was perfect and he was marrying a virgin. He was a virgin. They had to give up that flame because the people in the town said, "Mm -hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look at her. The law, by the way, of her being pregnant while she was engaged to him was being stoned to death in that culture. Joseph had the right to have her stoned to death. He had the right to throw the first stone had to give up the flame of having a normal house, a normal life so they could carry the fire of birthing the son of God so sometimes couples, families you need to lay down the old flame because God has a fire for this family for this couple something powerful that God wants to do And then I think churches, which is a group of families, singles, families, couples, I think churches sometimes carry an old flame. I think the church in America is in trouble because we're carrying old flames and not crying out for new fire. I think churches are closing their doors 100 to 150 a week in America, because they were satisfied with the old flame. It provided just enough warmth, just enough comfort to hang on to it. You know, that, that pew with your name on the side of it, that just gives me enough comfort to sit in that same pew because I bought that pew. Right? That stained glass window on the left side, that's the one I bought. And it gives me just enough comfort. And it was a fire when you bought it. But it's a flame now. Right? The name that you picked out for your church was a fire when you picked it out. But maybe it's a flame now. That style of music, music, no music, hymn books, no hymn books, the order of worship was a fire when you started it. But maybe it's a flame now. I think churches get into a rut and they enjoy the flame because it gives them a little comfort and a little warmth and a little assurance that all the world's going to be okay. We come in, we do the same thing every time, and it's a flame. But God says, I got a fire for you. I got a fire for you. It's going to look different, it's going to feel different, might even be a little uncomfortable. Because when Jesus comes and baptizes you with the Holy Spirit and fire, it's going to be different from what you knew yesterday. When Jesus baptizes us, as John says, with the Holy Spirit and fire, everything changes. What does fire do? It burns off the stuff that doesn't need to be there. It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who were thrown into the fiery furnace and the king, the king really liked them. He wasn't angry at him, but they had tricked him and they tricked the king. And anyway, the teenagers got sent into the fiery pit. And the king looked over and said, Whoa, dude, those guys are walking around. There's somebody else with them. It was like the son of God. It was a son of God. He was chilling with them in the fire. And when they brought him out, the only thing that was burned off of them was what? The ropes that had bound them. The only thing the fire did was burn off the bondage in their lives. They didn't even smell like smoke. Their their clothes were not even burned. And And when Jesus baptizes you with the Holy Spirit and fire, it's only to burn off that which is keeping you in bondage. So what's keeping you in bondage? Are you holding on to the old flames? that were good when they were given to you. They were fire when they were given to you, but they're just old flames now. Are you willing to let go of it? Are you willing to let the fire be baptized with the Holy Spirit And fire? Are you willing to let Jesus do that in your life so that he can burn off the things that are keeping you from being all that he desires for you to be? The Bible says, Jesus came to baptize with Holy Spirit and fire. Do you believe that? Will you ask for that in your own heart this morning? As we receive communion, will you say, Father, as I receive this communion, it's the same way I receive this communion. I invite it into my body. That's why we take the bread and the juice. I invite it into myself. I want to invite you to fill me and baptize me with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Will you allow Jesus to do that in your life today? You can still hang on to the flame. He's not going to be mad at you. He's he's not. Because the flame he gave you was a fire he gave you before. So he's not mad about that. But he would like for you to take on the fire. Because there's more to be done in your life with the fire than you can with the flame. Will you trust him with that this morning? Will you trust him with your soul and spirit and body this morning by allowing him to come in and baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire? Just ask him. Jesus, as I take communion this morning, I'm asking you to please baptize me with the Holy Spirit and fire. That's all you got to say. And then trust the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you for Jesus. And Jesus, I want to say thank you for the Holy Spirit, for sending the Holy Spirit. Now come, Jesus, as we partake of the bread and the juice as we receive communion the Lord's Supper as we partake in this. We ask that you come and fill us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Come baptize us on the inside and on the outside with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Holy Spirit, come and point to us the flames that we're hanging on to that were good but now there's something better fire help us to release those help us to take our hands and just release the flames so that we can receive the fire in jesus name we pray